That's right. Hurts so good. Coming off an almost victory in Arizona, but Jalen Hurts was definitely, uh, at least for the Eagles, the, the star of that game. And sometimes love don't feel like it should. Maybe that's for all the, the Wentz fans, uh, you know, the Wentz true believers out there. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of On a Couch in Delco. I'm Tom. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike. What's up, everybody out there? How y'all doing? And we are recapping, uh, I guess, the last two starts now of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. And I, I think, if Mike, if you take both games together, the kid has looked very impressive uh, in, in his debut. What's your, what's your take on Jalen Hurts and what we've seen so far out of him? Yeah, he, he looks like the real deal. Uh, I know there's a couple former NFLers out there saying he's a, uh, he's a franchise quarterback already. Uh, maybe I'm not there yet, but boy, is he close. Um, his, his completion percentage needs to, needs to improve for me. Um, it's, it's right at, right at about 55% right now. Um, which, which to me, isn't that great. Uh, I mean, if, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you got to be in that 65 to, to 70% range for me. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's looking good. A lot of the, a lot of those incompletes, they are throwaways it's different it's a whole different playing style um than than we're used to with Wentz um even when Wentz was good uh it's uh it, it's it's a completely different playing style uh, last week I knew he was going to have a good week um good week yardage wise and and touchdown wise I mean he had he had two quarterbacks who last played in college for Oklahoma uh in Kyler Murray or as uh Aqib Tlaib called him uh Calamari um we, we oh got, man everybody is ripping Akeem. i actually liked his announcing in it that was game. good it i, I actually thought everything i, mean, <laughs> I uh i don't remember i can't remember what he said about bill o'brien i'll get back to jalen hurst too but what he said yeah. about bill o'brien about yeah and now you know about trading deandre oh, yeah. like, that's why he's on the now, couch and now you're fired right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, right before when, when they got into that when they were saying why would you trade um, like, well, what would make you trade or what was the reason would trade in uh, DeAndre Hopkins? And I'm like, well, whatever it was, that's why he's sitting on the couch right now. <laughs> and and that's what they said. It was actually pretty funny on his part. Bill um, O'Brien doesn't even deserve a couch in Delco. That's for sure. No, but for, Mike, I, you did bring up the completion percentage. And, and I want to say it's interesting because one of the things that I saw in this game, right? I think we all knew about the legs and the ability to run and, and escape the pocket and, and make plays with his, with his, you know, with his legs as well as the arm. But uh, one of the throws that I thought in this game that really solidified it for me that, you know, Jalen hurts does have the arm talent to play in this league was actually towards the end of the game. And it was an incomplete pass to Goddard. Now you could argue whether Goddard should have caught that ball in the end zone to, to put the uh, Eagles down one. I think they would, you know, Doug would have went for two and tried to get the win uh, if Goddard holds on to that ball or, you know, the, the Arizona uh, D back made, made a good play on the ball, whatever it is to me, that throw that Jalen hurts had, it showed the arm strength that I think was a little bit of uh, maybe a, a worry coming in, but also the accuracy. I mean, he threaded that ball in there and that hit Goddard right on the hands. To me, that was probably his prettiest throw of the game. I also liked the touchdown pass that he had to G. Ward where, you know, he rolled out, got G. Ward uh, in the back of the end zone. You know, I, I think if you look on um, Twitter, everybody's coming out now saying, oh, he, he, 
he was a little late with the ball. I don't know, maybe, but it, it was a, you know, two balls that I saw in that game that really showed me he has the arm talent to really compete uh, in the NFL and be a high caliber uh, NFL quarterback completion percentage. I, I get it. I, I, sometimes though, with these receivers, I, I just don't know how much you can pinpoint that on, on Wentz or Hertz, you know, w- with the completion percentages with some of these guys. I mean, this is still, you know, a wide receiving unit and, and even some of the, you know, you know, got it with that ball in the end zone, right? Or, you know, it, it's tough to really say how much is truly on the quarterback versus, you know, the, the players he's throwing it to. But, you know, obviously – ball like placement to, is good. I'll, I'll give you, him You'd that. like to see the, you know, the, the completion percentage a, a little bit higher. But I, I got to say, I, I saw some – more so than I saw in the Saints game where I, I did feel it was more of that – uh, one read and then he ran and you saw that you know he had over 100 yards with his legs in that game to me this game was more about see you know the Arizona game was more about seeing Jalen Hurts the the passer and I gotta say I was impressed I, I was blown you know I, I think we've always said on this podcast like the player didn't like the the position you know the the where he was drafted being with the Eagles but I gotta say I, I'm you know pretty blown away by his performance at least surprised by his performance coming out of that Arizona game. Yeah. I I got one more take on Jalen hurts and it's not really a take on Jalen hurts. This is, this is my, this is my worries with this offense and how stagnant it is right now. Even though, I mean, we watched two great games. We watched a game against the saints where literally nobody had them winning except us. So there's that. That's right. Uh, we we definitely had that one. Everybody else said Saints by a by a mile, and I, I, we just had that feeling in our guts that they were going to pull it out. Jalen Hurts first start, big time plays, and he did. He he, he played awesome. Uh, but but he, here's the numbers in the last two games, which is Jalen Hurts's first two starts. Um, it's 236 yards per game passing. Um, which is inflated by this last game, which was almost 350 yards by Jalen Hurts. Um, that's 20th in the league. Uh, 54.4% uh, passing, uh, uh, completion rate, sorry. Uh, that's dead last in the league. Uh, three point, or three point, that would have been even worse. <laughs> 6.38 um, yards per attempt, which is 29th in the league. Um, and then three sacks allowed per game, which is still top five in the NFL. Um, a, a lot of my qualms aren't with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it's it's with the, the rest of the team and how banged up the offensive line is and how terrible Doug's play calling is. And it's just nothing's down the field. It's dink and dunk. And look, it worked to perfection on Sunday. Um, even though they didn't win the game, which, I mean, I was texting you and a couple of my other guys uh, I text with, and I was like, God, I hope he, I hope he just plays well and they lose. Like, it, it, was, it was win-win for me uh, on Sunday. The Eagles lost, and Jalen Hurts played great, but those numbers suggest otherwise. But we can see through the numbers. It's not just um, – that's not on Jalen Hurts. That's on who he's throwing the ball to, who's in front of him with the offensive line, and who's calling the plays. That's my three big issues. And I think you have to give credit to, in those numbers, you mentioned kind of the passing statistics. You have to give credit to, I think, what has been an improvement in the last two games 
is more of a commitment to running the ball. We, we've mm-hmm. seen a little bit more out of Miles Sanders uh, the last two games, especially the uh, the Saints game. That that makes me mad, by the way. You are getting a different game being called, right? I, I mentioned the yeah. pass earlier. You know, Jalen Hurts immediately on that Greg Ward pass. He's rolling out to his left, mm-hmm. right? You hardly saw any designed rollouts for, for Carson Wentz uh, yeah. in, in the play calling. It was almost, you know – sit back there and, and, and wait for the, you know, the scud missiles on the defense to come at your line. Yeah. I don't think it, 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 I think it's definitely worth mentioning that the last two games Jalen Hurts has not had to deal with Jason Peters somewhere along that offensive line. And they've actually, you know, bolstered. Now Matt Pryor, I think he's another one that I, I had higher hopes for coming into the season. That guy got just a nickname got, for him, Tom. That guy just doesn't have it. What's your nickname, Mike? Matt Pylon. That's basically what he is. <laughs> he's just he's just out there. I mean, the best guy on the line has been by far the guy who's never played football before, and that's Jordan Mailata. Um, yeah, Jordan Mailata. Obviously, Jason Kelsey has has. Hey, I he's going to the Pro Bowl. Game. Yeah. Say Amalu, I, I think a guy who was kind of unheralded a little bit has also really looked better. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, you know this season and has been. Um, you know, certainly outperform what I think my expectations were of him. The games that he's probably looked the best are when he's next to Jordan Mailata. <laughs> that's that's just kind of how it is. I mean, uh, to me, Mailata is the, the, the left tackle of the future. Um, I know they spent a high draft pick, a first-round pick uh, on, on Andre Dillard, but I, I don't see how you take the job away from him. I, we talked about it earlier in the year uh, when, when they did take the job away from him and gave it back to Jason Peters. And we were like, what, what in the hell are they thinking? Like, what, what is the point of that? The guy, the guy, I know pro football focus is, is terrible and it's Chris Collinsworth's thing. And and it's, it's a, it's a dumb rating system, but he was still the highest rate, one of the highest rated left tackles uh, on pro football focus at the time where he lost his job, just didn't make any sense, but that's the loyalty of uh, Lori and Doug Peterson to to Jason Peters more than anything. I understand that. Um, But um, yeah, other other than the line, uh, we'll leave the line alone. Uh, I mean, Jalen hurts does scramble a lot. So some of those sacks are, they're going to come, but but you know what happened during those sacks, Tom? Or more importantly, what didn't happen during those sacks? What's that? He didn't fumble the ball. Well, he didn't lose the fumbles. He didn't I, lose I, the fumble, yeah. He didn't yeah, lose I, the fumble. That, that is the one thing that I think uh, Jalen Hurts has gotten some fortuitous bounces with, with the – you know, he has – kind of let loose oh, yeah. of the football a little bit, just like Wentz, you know, Wentz is certainly capable of doing too. He's I think definitely uh, he, like Murray. He's just like Murray. He holds yeah. that ball out there with one hand. His hands are big. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, he needs, he needs to learn how to be a two handed monster because over, over a full 16 game schedule next year. And I fully do expect him to be the starting quarterback next year. Um, you're going to lose most of those fumbles that that could be prevented um so ho- hopefully he does learn that he seems he seems to say the right things he, he seems to know what he has to do i mean he says he hates losing more than he likes winning um which is like a that's like a sports cliche that i hate but you know they, they all say it it's what he's yeah. gonna say 
That's usually the type of quote that gets the Philly fans, you know, the ones that spell fans with a PH, that gets yeah. them all riled up and ready to go. Oh, I hate losing more than I like winning. Yeah. It gets, a, gets them all riled up over there in the Broomall area. Yeah. <laughs> gets him gets him going a lot but you know what i I like him i I think he's a great quarterback i i'll i'll be honest i've been on the uh the chinese websites trying to get me a cheap jalen hurts jersey uh i found one but i want the black one um i I don't want a green or a white jersey i have so many green and white jerseys um i'm actually going to wait until next year because there's all those rumors about them going to kelly green uh, so I'm going to wait to see what happens with that to get my my number two Jalen Hurts jersey somewhere. I have a David Akers jersey from from the years past. Um, I'm not too sure if it fits so, me anymore. But sounds like you just need a new nameplate then. I, I probably just need a new nameplate. But I have no idea where it's at. So so we shall see. I do have a I do have a couple Jalen Hurts uh, rookie cards behind me. Um, so so I will be holding on to those uh, just just in case they're worth a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm excited where where the where J, the Jalen Hurts era is going. Um, like we said, it, it hurts so good. So hopefully it's uh, onwards and upwards. And I know we're going to talk about the Cowgirls coming up, but um, that's another game. I hope he plays well, but but loses because again, yeah. that's a win-win-win situation for the Eagles. Yeah. Not only do they get a better draft pick, Jalen Hurts looks good. And the Cowboys get a worse draft pick or possibly make the playoffs and get an even worse draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> so that's... And, and, and I think, and we'll, and we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode. I, I, I even think this game that they could uh, win. And well, I guess if you're saying, I don't think this team is competing for the division at this point. So if you're saying, Hey, the difference between, a, you know, picking seven or picking 13 or something like that. Yeah, uh, certainly. You did touch on, you think that Jalen hurts is going to be the starting quarterback for, uh, the Eagles next season. Obviously, there is already a, a franchise quarterback, at least in terms of contract on this team in Carson Wentz. Stories came out today that he is not, you know, or not today, but before the game. And and why does it always seem like the Eagles are, just have so much drama uh, around this team? I, I mean, seriously. Just a lot of drama. What's but her name? Josiah Anderson. It's, Josiah Anderson. And whatever, she's yeah. coming out and saying, you know, oh, I, I feel bad for Wentz. Like, you've trashed Wentz for the last couple of seasons. I feel bad for Wentz, but he still hasn't played well, which is which is valid. He hasn't, you know, by no means uh, has he uh, played well at all this season. But I guess your sense, Mike, Wentz at the end of the season, he doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. You're thinking that the Eagles end up moving on from Wentz and Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback for the Eagles next season. Yeah. I don't think they move on from Wentz though. I don't think they can. Um, $34 million in dead cap space. 20 some odd that'll count against it, or maybe all 34 counts against it. That's crazy numbers, Tom. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie's going to look at that and go like, ah, Maybe he just rides the bench until 2022 and we can designate him a post June 1st uh, release and, and only have like 6 million count against a cap. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he's here no matter what. The, the number counts against the cap, regardless, you actually do save close to a million dollars. Yeah, I think it's about $800,000 yeah. uh, if you do trade him. So is there really a difference whether you have him on the cap and he's a backup? Yeah. Or you have him 
on the cap and you're able to get it off after the one year or two years, I think the, the rules are two years, yeah. uh, but then maybe get an asset for him. Uh, you know, another pick that Howie can possibly blow uh, squander, you know, <laughs> I'm glad we were on the same page with that one. <laughs> Cause I think we're both convinced, you know, how, how he sticks around uh, yeah. at the end of the season, but uh, could it I be don't that he's I, the only one that sticks around? He is like, the cockroach after the you know the nuclear implosion where he is just he will survive i mean even when he got fired he just got moved to the other edge of the office you know by the broom closet only to make the the resurrection the guy is like a cockroach that just just keeps uh, coming just knows how to survive uh and but we'll we'll talk how we you know another time but i i don't think it's going to be that hard to move Wentz it's a big contract but I don't necessarily think it's a bad contract if you're a coach that believes that you can get the best out of him Indianapolis I know we've talked about Indianapolis as being a potential landing spot they will be going into next season with a lot of cap space so they you know they will have the room to fit uh you know whatever cap impact they're going to have on uh their salary cap they will be able to fit uh, Carson Wentz in under their salary structure next year if Phil Rivers ends up retiring and not or not resigning with the Colts. I so I, I think it's a possibility and I and I don't you know everybody's kind of saying it's a it's a you know foregone conclusion they're not going to get anything for Wentz. I don't I don't I don't know if I believe that. I mean it's not going to be the you know number two overall pick in a draft, but I think you'll get something for a coach that believes there is a lot of talent there. And as you mentioned earlier, the play calling hasn't been the greatest. There's going to be coaches that watch film and say, I can work with this. I can do something with this. I can, I can get Wentz back. I mean, we've seen it with lesser quarterbacks, right? Yep. You know, that, there's that one team had. sticking in my mind right now. That's doing it right now. Dallas Cowboys with Andy, with Andy Dalton. No, it's a team that's not making the playoffs. That's made the playoffs over the last eleven or fourteen years, whatever it is, and that's the uh, uh, New, New England. England. That's the New England yeah. Patriots. Case in point, they don't mind trading draft picks for for good players or, or for players who they think can can do something for them. With um, and Belichick next year <laughs> sounds. This is something I never thought I would say. He might be coaching for his job next year um i i can almost guarantee cam newton will not be back uh, I, i'm pretty sure my son can throw the ball further than cam newton at this point his shoulder is absolutely shot uh he he his throwing motion is one of the weirdest things i've ever seen in my entire life but um i i, I can really at this point i can see him going to the patriots more than i can see him going to the colts because i i think phil Philly Rivers uh, signs another year uh, for the Colts, and and they, they keep uh, Jacoby Brissett as their backup. So I, I can see him going to going to the Patriots for sure uh, next year. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine Carson Wentz, Bill Belichick, reigniting Bill Belichick's career in New England? How about this, Tom? Not only do they trade for Carson Wentz, they also sign Nick Foles as their backup. How, how how crazy would that be? 
it's it's the one quarterback that Bill Belichick just hasn't been able to figure out. Yes, yeah, and they bring in uh, they bring in Eli Manning as their quarterback coach next there year. There you go. <laughs> it's the the triangle of uh, winning for for the um, for the Patriots. There, so you got the the three quarterbacks from the NFC East that that beat him in in the Super Bowl, helping out the one quarterback that that got hurt that that helped the Eagles to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, in Carson Wentz, figure it out again. I, I can see that happening. Uh, hey, you never know. Yeah, it's, uh, something, something different. Something, something different to look at. But uh, yeah, I, I can really see that happening because they have no qualms trading draft picks. So why not try a Carson Wentz? Absolutely. You mentioned the NFC East. We do have an NFC East battle. Uh, this weekend, usually Christmas time and, and Eagles Dallas is, has you a little bit more hyped up. But, you know, we do have it is Dallas week. The Eagles will play the Cowboys this uh, this weekend, this Sunday in Dallas. On my Initial, birthday. On on Mike's birthday. So, Mike, will they pull out the win for will they give you the birthday win? I think they've played the last couple times on or around your birthday and the Eagles haven't quite pulled it out. No. Um, God, I hope not. I mean, like I said earlier in, in the, in the episode, I hope they play well. I hope Jalen Hurts has like seven touchdown passes, but, but I hope Andy Dalton has eight. <laughs> I, I just see it as, yeah, Jalen Hurts played well. Yeah, the Eagles lost. So we're, we're, we're still in the top 10 for picks getting closer to the top five. And yeah, the Cowboys won, so they're moving further back into the, probably the teens and maybe even getting closer to an NFC East title. So then they'll be back in the 20s for the picks. Uh, they'll get smoked in the first round of the playoffs. It'll be win, 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 win for, for an Eagles loss on Sunday. But yeah, they beat the Cowboys. <laughs> All of that said, they beat the Cowboys. Um, and, and I don't think it's going to be like a, a, a big, heavy-sided, one-sided Eagles win. It'll, it'll be like a 31-27 win. That, that's, that's what I'm going to say. 31-27 right. win. So that's, that's big news. The Eagles, 31 points. This will be the first game all season that they have scored more than 30 points in a game. So you are seeing it this week against – a Dallas Cowboys team who uh, will does have an atrocious defense, mm-hmm. but uh, also a defense that the Eagles haven't been able to score 30 on before. So you're seeing a bigger offensive output for this week and the Eagles finally get over that 30 point hump. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying four total touchdowns again from Jalen hurts and, and maybe a score from miles Sanders. That's and the field goal, I guess. So, right. so well, that's that's, what, that's, that's like 30, thirty-eight points. That's thirty-eight points. So yeah, thirty-eight. <laughs> so three, we'll go three total touchdowns from from Jalen Hurts, two passing, one rushing, and we'll do we'll do a Miles Sanders big gallop, seventy-five yarder into the end zone, and a Jake Elliott field goal with, I, I guess, Hurts is going to be the uh, Ertz, Ertz E R T Z. Not Hurts will be the uh, holder at that point. I don't know if Cam Johnson is going to be able to play this week, so we shall we shall see. Yeah, not sure what the uh, the injury news is on 
Cam Johnson. He had a headache. He had a concussion. I don't know how the hell he got a concussion. They never showed a replay. They just said he had a concussion. Uh, I don't know if he kicked himself in the head, if he fell over or hit his head. I don't know how he got the concussion, Um, but but that's what it was. Yeah, trying to pull up the injury report now. Um, No, usually I have that ready to go. Yeah, come on, man. I'm slacking. You're slacking. I don't see Cam Johnson on the injury uh, report for – uh, for this week, and but, for those of the people who were blaming Ertz on on the 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 extra was it an extra point hold? Uh, that was not on Ertz. That that was all on uh, Lovato. Which... Lovato, yeah. Oh, it was it was clear from the replays that they yeah. showed. I mean, it was you know it it kind of skipped into to Ertz. Now, yeah. you know, a, a more seasoned holder is he able to get it up faster? You know, <laughs> more yeah, seasoned maybe. holder might not even. I mean, he might pick it up and try to do something with it, but I mean, for a guy who does it in practice and doesn't really expect your punter to get blasted or whatever he did and go into the concussion protocol, and what the heck are you supposed to do? He did his best. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any issue with it. It just happened. I mean, that's just one more point that that's been left on the field this this season. That's not on Doug Peterson for once. So good, good for good for that, I guess. There I try to get all my digs in on Doug Peterson as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we are fully in the uh, who is it? Eric Bieniemy. I think we're we're both aligned. Right? That's uh, that's who I want, especially with Jalen Hurts as you know potentially the starter next year. Eric Bieniemy is the coach you want. And hey, and finally you- give Deuce the, the offense coordinator position. That would be wonderful. I, I think that would be great. I just don't know what Deuce brings to the team, to be honest. Because we never he's never given the chance. Yeah. So I, I it's <laughs> it's it's tough for me to say whether he's a uh good he would make a good offensive coordinator or not. I, you know, I know he works on some of the motion concepts and everything like that, but uh, I mean he, he won't be calling plays. The enemy will be calling the plays. Plays. So. I mean just give him the title so he sticks around. I, I think he's. I think he would do a, a decent job. I mean, he, I, I hate. I, I, what was it? I, what was it? Talib called him a uh, called Hurts a running back once he gets out in the open field. I forget which which guy called him. I couldn't tell you who the hell the announcer was. I've never heard him before in my life. Um, but it, it would be like having two running backs back there at times where, where a guy who knows a quarterback knows what to do with the ball. He can break through tackles. I mean, squat at what, like 4 million pounds or whatever the hell it was this last year in college, 590 or 580 or whatever. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, I think that's a job that, that Deuce could, could, uh, excel at. All right. Certainly need to do something to uh, give a spark to this Eagles offense. As we mentioned, having gone over 30 points uh, this season, but I'm with you, Mike. I do think that this will be the week. This Dallas defense is not good. I think uh, even if you looked at their, they're coming off a win against San Fran where even yeah, a, a, the whole NFC East beat San Fran this, this year, uh, uh, you know, a pretty struggling uh, San Fran team that yeah. still managed to put up, uh, 33 points, 41 to 33, the score of that Dallas Cowboys. That sounds familiar. San Francisco 49ers game, but San Francisco 49ers with, you know, Nick Mullins at the helm was uh, able to throw up 33 points on what I think is a very sad 
Dallas Cowboys uh, defense this year. I do think the Eagles uh, will get over 30 points. So if you're looking from a, a line per, uh, standpoint, the line in this game is 49 and a half. It's actually the fifth highest total uh, on the slate for the NFL this week. I do see this game going over because on the other side, I, I do expect some type of uh, shootout in this game. I think the Eagles are banged up in the secondary. Uh, Andy Dalton seems like he's kind of getting into a little bit more of a groove. He certainly struggled uh, when he first took over uh, around the time that I traded for him and, and kind of sucked in fantasy, but uh, they do seem to be getting the offense uh, a little bit more on track and the Eagles are still banged up, you know, on the defensive side. Uh, so I, I am expecting a high scoring game this one. And I do think the Eagles will pull it out. I think it'll be close uh, probably in that three to four point range. So let's go 34, 30 uh, for the Eagles. This so you, you would do a, an alternate point total of something over 60 points. I, I, the only, the only thing that would, would give me a little bit of pause on that is that this Eagles team has been anything but consistent. And just when you expect them, Hey, this is the week they're finally going to pull it together. Is this the week that Doug Peterson, you know, throws out another turd of a game plan and, you know, the Eagles end up, I I can see them scoring 34 just as much as I can see them scoring 13 in this game with the way that the, the, the play calling has been. I, I like the over in this game because I think either way, you're either going to get the Eagles to go over 30 or or Dallas is going to be able to put up 30 on this defense. Uh, so I, I think this game goes over. Not sure in the alternate total there. I, I you know, I, so you I got it time, at 65, right? 64 would be, yeah, that total. So, so six, over 63 and a half is plus 460 right now. Worth a flyer. Worth a flyer. Yeah, I might even do over 65 and a half. You can get a little bit more. You get you get another plus 190 on there, plus 650. Let's see if it's a ultimate shootout, 34, 33, or something like that. At the end, Eagles pull it out with a Jalen Hurts minute and 13 second drive, 85 yards and a touchdown, kind of a kind of a win. That that would be awesome. I would take that. <laughs> I'd also take a wire to wire win. But yeah, that that might be that might be worth a flyer on one of my. Uh, I always do a Eagles same game parlay, and I always put some crazy stuff in there. So that might be my my crazy thing in there to pump up that uh, same game parlay. A little a can, little five dollar one that wins like forty nine grand usually is what <laughs> what I what I pop on there. It's just like playing a scratchy. Sometimes it happens. Watch this guy. What was it? He won four almost five hundred grand um on on one of those last week i believe so it's uh some crazy stuff out there happens yeah i'm trying to think of who i think would be a touchdown scorer in this game i definitely the player props aren't out yet but i do agree i think uh jalen hurts is going to get one with his yeah with his legs uh, i'd probably go game. i'd probably go jalen on the eagle side and on the Cowboys side i'll probably go with cd lamb um, just because he knows the Eagles could have had him, just like the whole DK Metcalf thing. The DK score on the Eagles? I think he scored on the Eagles, right? He did. Yep. So now um, he had a month. Uh, was he in? 
I don't remember. I think he did. I think he scored in the corner. I, I think he did because I think yeah. I remember I put a uh, a prop on that and ended up cashing that that week. But. Yeah, so I, I I think he could see something like that again uh, this week. I I might do a Jalen, uh, CD Lamb, uh, um, prop with, or not prop parlay with maybe um, probably over the yards with, with Jalen Hurts. It'll probably be higher this week. It'll probably be like 270 this week. Um, I'll probably go over with uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, might do over uh, over receiving yards on Miles Sanders again. Might do over the yards for Zach Ertz. He looks like he he's more prominent in this offense once again. Um, maybe do CD lamb over his yards as well. I think, think that might be a good one. I'd look at the value on Pollard too. Yeah. I, yeah. So I don't know what the status is of Zeke, uh, for this game, but I think they're certainly trying to get Pollard more into the, the game plan, even potentially looking, moving forward. Um, so I, you know, there might be some value there with Tony Pollard either as an anytime touchdown scorer or something like that. So that's one to look at on the Dallas side, because I think there will be some points put up in this game. So if you're looking at those uh, player parlays, I would definitely be looking at the over on, on a lot of those players. Don't, don't sleep on, don't sleep on my boy, Greg Ward Jr. He's, he's Jalen Hurts' favorite target. Jalen Hurts has even said so. He's just very comfortable with him. So I can, I can, I can see uh, G Ward going over his yards, or maybe being an anytime touchdown scorer as well. That's a, man, that's speaking a of great, players. speaking of the wide receiver, I mean, you, every time you <laughs> but, talk, you add another touchdown to this. To five dollars on everybody to score. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk a little bit about who he, he was our our hero just a few weeks back, and then? disappeared was on the side of a milk carton and all of a sudden comes back a little bit at the end of this Arizona game, Travis Fulgham. And, you know, I guess Doug was trying to incorporate Alshon Jeffrey more into the offense and Alshon Jeffrey, he got a few, he had caught a few passes. Uh, he uh, ate a, up. He ate up Peterson. Well, Peterson got up. a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uh, pass interference calls that I would say were a bit. A, Greg Ward ate him up bit favorable yeah Patrick Peterson didn't have didn't have the greatest of games uh in that I game. put that all on Jalen Hurts <laughs> he didn't he was just able to look Patrick Peterson off on everyone god he's so good <laughs> <laughs> but uh Travis Fogelman been silent and then when you need him the most you know that that last drive you're going down the field I think he got two or three catches on that drive where did he make a pass interference call, didn't he? And, and a pass interference call, right? Yeah. So, why did Doug go away from Trap Fogum only to now, I guess, realize that, you know, he can be a player in this offense? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm more of a Travis Fogum fan than than normal out there. But it, the guy just seems like he can play. And it's just sideline for Alshon Jeffrey is just mind-baffling to me. Um. I said as soon as it happened on Sunday, I said, look, you, you put Travis Fulgham out. I think the first pass that was thrown his way was the pass interference call over the middle. I'm like, dude, just – no. No, it wasn't that. It was the, the Hurts fumble, and he recovered it. And he, I think he was the one that recovered the fumble. I said, the, the dude just makes plays. Like, he's out there, the ball finds him. That, that's all That's all that happens. 
but but apparently it it's the coaching staff doesn't like what they see in practice. What? Did you not see the guy who who literally led the league in yards who was cutting wood in the in some forest somewhere whatever the hell he was doing on on, on when he was unemployed for a couple of weeks? I mean, the guy's just a playmaker. I mean, he's not going to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's he's he might not even be a Pro Bowl uh, wide receiver, but he damn sure is better than than Alshon at this point. Um, even though Alshon had Patrick Peterson in his pocket all day, I, th- I think a lot of those calls were were Alshon getting in Peterson's head, and that doesn't really happen too often either way. Um, but yeah, Fulgham just. He just out there. He makes plays. The ball finds him. He knows what to do with the ball when he gets it. He makes people miss. He makes toe tapping catches along the sideline. Just give give the man a chance. That's that's really all we want to see. I mean, we just want to have fun watching the birds, right? That's and it. Not to mention he is, st- he is still this team's leading receiver. Yeah, it's going to be the second year in a row that they don't have a receiver over uh, five hundred yards. Or did he go over five hundred yards with those two catches? Uh, he's at uh. He's yeah, at 499. 497. So he'll oh, be over close. <laughs> well, who knows if he'll be over 500. He Seriously. Be iced out with, with Doug Peterson in this uh, uh, in this offense. So I think we're both predicting Eagles, Dallas, big week for the Eagles. I think we're both predicting uh, the Eagles will pull this one out in probably a high scoring affair. So uh, Sunday should be fun. Yeah, should be fun for. I mean, Cowboys week's always fun, even when the Eagles suck and the Cowboys suck. And I mean, it's better when both teams are good and they're fighting for the division. But it's still a fun time. I mean, it's a game that I we always look forward to, and um, it'll be nonetheless. I'll be screaming at the TV. I got a migraine right now. It'll probably last all the way through till Sunday. (laughs) That's just kind of how it's going to be. That's that's Cowboys week and Christmas week week all rolled up into one. And, and you know what? To quote Jalen Hurts, sometimes I like seeing Dallas lose just as much as I like seeing the Eagles win. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Right. So switching gears a little bit, uh, we talked about one gift in, in Jalen Hurts. We got another surprise from the Philadelphia Phillies uh, this week where just yesterday uh, they made an announcement. Obviously, we talked on the last episode, uh, Dave Dombrowski will be the new president of baseball operations and from the sounds of it, will be the chief decision maker for uh, the Phillies when it comes to personnel. But they do have a new general manager and Sam Fold, who is leading up their integrated baseball performance uh, group, will now be uh, the general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Mike, what's your take on Fold as Damn. now the The Phillies the, just the like Phillies. making you wrong. Like they, they just, they just must listen to our podcast. They're like, that Tom guy's an asshole. And I, I, we're just going to hire everything he says that we're not going to hire. <laughs> it wouldn't be, they wouldn't be lying. I mean, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But it's, it's good to see. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's a, it's a weird career path for Sam fold. I mean, he was literally uh, one of the finalists before uh, Alex core got the job up in Boston, but yeah, I mean, he's a young guy, 39. I mean, maybe maybe he just grows into this job and takes off. I mean, Jorge Valenda, uh, or Valendia, however you say his last name, he's going to be the assistant general manager, and then Terry Ryan 
Um, he's going to be the assistant to the general manager. So they, they got a whole new front office, all basically all overnight within within a week. Um, they, they got a whole new front office and and this, this front office seems to be uh, doing bits, Tom. You, I, I didn't even know the news that you uh, you sent me. I wasn't paying attention to the Phillies over the last couple of days because I know we'll talk about the NHL and the Flyers in a few minutes. I've been more in that. Um, but but the, this new front office seems to seems to be putting offers out there to players who we want, right? Yeah, they're moving fast. Uh, word came out, I guess, John Heyman, who was all over the uh... – the Bryce Harper story from two years ago has said that the Phillies have put uh, an offer in for uh, JT Real Muto. So the, the, an offer is out there. I assume one uh, blessed by Dombrowski and, and one that's putting their best foot forward. We'll see. Uh, you know, I think Real Muto is a Boris client, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't expect this one to kind of wrap up shortly. And Boris seems to, you know, try to drag this out. And there's always the the mystery team uh, with, with Boris clients that it, it always ends up uh, being out there. There's always that mystery team. So, but I think it's good that the Phillies are at least uh, putting it out there that they are uh, they're they're serious at least about bringing JT Real Muto back. And yeah. I got to give the Phillies credit. They have called me out. I was certainly expecting that the Phillies to be status quo uh, this year. I thought uh, Ned Rice was going to be this kind of acting GM for the entire year and that Middleton was going to kind of look to save a few pennies uh, in his pocket this season. But, you know, with the hiring of Dombrowski and now bringing him forward, it seems like Klintak and Rice are really kind of – they got Rosemond a little bit uh, – you know, in, in this yeah. Phillies front office. I wonder uh, if this is, this is more about like the whole COVID situation right now and how we got the Moderna vaccine. We got the Pfizer vaccine and they're, they're being kind of, kind of placed, uh, put out pretty quickly. And it looks like the timeline really leads up almost into the start of uh, major league baseball, regular season, March, April ish, that, that it would be, uh, available for everyone. Maybe the Phillies are working on the the idea that there'll be asses in the stands, and there'll be people. I got to, if whatever whatever tickets are available, they'll be sold out. I mean, if, if it's a full house, a half a house, a quarter of a house, every ticket will be sold. So maybe Middleton in the front office is working on this whole whole idea of the revenue. Not, not maybe getting back to normal, but not being a negative 150 million or whatever it was last year. Uh, maybe they're working, working on that idea that, that money's going to be coming in. So now we can put money back into the team, including the front office. That, that's my take on, on the whole Phillies thing. I, I don't know if you have, you have any thoughts like that, but, but that's just how it feels to me. Like even with the offer going out to JT, like, they said that they don't have much, but now maybe they do have that money. Maybe that money is going to be coming in throughout the season. Maybe by July we have we have full stadiums again or whatever, whatever it might be. So that, that, that's that's my idea, at least. I, I think that certainly plays into it. Um, I also think there's probably a, a thought process on valuation where you now have a different mindset at the head of your front office where – you know, Klintak even said when it came to signing Manny Machado, right? Well, that was above our valuation. And I'm sure 
signing a catcher near 30 to a longer-term deal doesn't fit into any type of spreadsheet from a valuation standpoint. And, and yeah. But you, you have a different perspective now in uh, the front office, a front office that, you know, Dombrowski, we said it on the last – uh, episode is more focused. Joe Banner Eagles a lot, Tom. <laughs> Anybody over like thirty, a, you're gone. <laughs> it, it almost went to the you know same school of uh, cap administration or salary administration. But seriously, you know Dombrowski. One of the things we said, he is not one to really focus on building a farm team and mm-hmm. you know kind of developing a team the the traditional way. He is about trying to build a you know a, a team, whether it's you know drafting players but that's been less of a focus it's more about bringing players in through signings and trades to really as, uh, assemble that team and i and i think he's seeing this as hey uh real muto is a you know i mean if you look at the the statistics i mean it, it's he's an outlier when it comes to catchers in terms of how much better from an offensive and defensive side uh you know the kind of the statistics would even show that he is just you know kind of almost off the charts with how much you know better he is than kind of the average catcher uh in major league baseball and those are a rare commodity uh in major league baseball it is not uh an asset that's that's abundant right there's you know not too many players that can play catcher so i think dombrowski is maybe just viewing it a little bit differently and making them uh real muto a little bit of a a priority And, and i think bryce harper's kind of been vocal about it too uh so if you have you know your, your star player who's kind of winning the war in the media, right. With, with this Phillies ownership, right. Middleton hasn't done much right since the end of the baseball season. And yeah, Bryce Harper out there going, Hey, we need to sign JT. We need to sign JT. I mean, he, Bryce Harper's winning the fans over. Right. So I, I oh, yeah. think the Phillies are, are bracing for that as well. And yes, th- there may be less revenue in 2021 than 2020, you know, than 2019, uh, but you want to try and maximize that. And you have, if you have a pissed off fan base and your star player is not happy because of JT Real Muto, you want to make sure you can grab as much of whatever revenue and you fill as many seats as you can in 2021. Uh, and don't let attendance, you know, you're already going to be constrained on attendance most likely. I'm thinking, you know, the max will probably go in the summer of 2021. It's probably like 50%. Uh, you don't want to be at 40% capacity because you pissed off a, a percentage of your fan base because of the product that's on the field and and how many jerseys is andrew knapp going to sell i mean you got you got to think about that too the whole merchandise i mean i if i'm buying a phillies jersey this year i'm not buying an andrew knapp jersey but if jt's back i am buying a jt jersey so that's another 125 dollars out of out of a fan's pocket that they're going to want to spend because it's jt real muto i mean um uh, that's another thing they got. It's not only jerseys; it's the jerseys. It's uh, shirts with his face on it. It's it's a kid's hat that has number ten Real Muto on it. It's all kinds of stuff that they can sell. And I mean that that really needs to, uh, to me, that needs to be in in the conversation when you're saying who can we market more? Andrew Knapp, who is actually the same age as JT Real Muto. He's actually older than or he's younger by seven months or eight months, whatever it is. Um, or JT. Yeah. And the answer. Andrew Knapp, 
Andrew Nat won't even be able to get a Barbera commercial, right? Let, let's face Seriously. it. <laughs> you know, he, he's not even getting a free Dodge. Uh, they, they wouldn't know who he was until he he, he put his uh, his credit report out there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he can sell some insurance for the general. Who knows? But, Seriously. you know, you're, you're right. I mean, JT is a, a, is a marketable commodity uh, for this team as well. And and I think that's, that's some of the decision-making that's playing into this. So, Remains to be seen. Hopefully we finish 2020 with a bang and the announce. This is around the time that you've heard the signings of, you know, Cliff Lee and Roy Halliday. This is, you know, this year is maybe a little bit different with the baseball schedule, but uh, hopefully uh, we're announcing a big JT Real Muto signing uh, for the Phillies soon. So where do we want to, I know you mentioned, you want to talk some flyers now, Mike? Hold on. We're all holding on. Yeah. Well, well. Is this now? Or? You got some breaking oh, that, news? That must, that must have been last year. because I, I, No, I, t- I just typed in JT Romuto and it said he signed a one-year $10 million contract. Is that this year? That has to be for that had to be for this last year. I don't remember him signing a one-year, ten million dollar contract at the beginning of of twenty twenty. Yeah, what wasn't an arbitration? Maybe maybe that's what it was. It 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 was just weird, weird, and it was like the number one thing that popped up. So it it, it got me with a little bit of clickbait on that one. Got a little bit of live clickbait for you here on Calchitoco. Um Yeah, that was uh, it was just weird how how that was the first thing that popped up. That that's. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's what it was. Yeah, that's my bad. Sorry about that. I, I got my hopes up and and the hopes of all our listeners. It's all right. It's what it's all good. Yeah. Speaking of hopes up, I think we're all now excited about Flyers hockey coming back. So an interesting twist for this season. The Flyers will play new divisions and a new schedule. So a smaller schedule, fifty six games. Uh, for the I guess 2021 season, they'll uh, have their first game on January 13th, and divisions are a little bit different. Uh, so, Mike, do you want to tell us kind of where where the Flyers fit in? I think they're going to be in the East Division, right? Yeah. So we'll we'll start with the other ones, and then we'll get to the most important one this year, and that will be the the East Division for the Flyers. So we'll start out with the Canadian Division. It's going to be known as the North Division. Uh, that's the Canadians, the Flames, the Oilers, the Senators, the Leafs, the Canucks, and the Jets. Holy airline miles for that one. <laughs> that is going to be nuts for those teams. I, if they're play, To me, they should be playing in a central location or something. I mean, if there's going to be no fans in Canada, which there probably won't be for this entire year, What's the point in traveling from Montreal and, and Toronto all the way to, to, to Winnipeg like eight times a year? I mean, what, what's that going to be? It's going to be almost like 20,000 miles of, of air flights just for one, just for those teams combined. Um, not combined, for those teams individually. Um, yeah, that's that's think, a lot of miles, Tom. If you think usually this time of the year, right, this, this is usually the time where the Flyers make their Western trip, right? Yep. And they yeah, hit the every, Disney on ice hit, trip. The Disney on ice trip, right? Disney yeah. on ice is down at the Wells Fargo center and the Flyers are playing the flames, the Oilers, the Canucks, 
you know, and, and they make that loop. I, you know, you're talking about a Toronto and, and a Montreal team that are going to have to do that, you know, five times yeah. uh, potentially. You know, I imagine they'll group the games together where, you know, Montreal will just have a, you know, a week or two out West and then they'll come back home and then, you know, maybe do another week or two out West at the end of the season. But yeah, it's yeah. going to be, uh, I, I think it's going to be a challenge for, for those East coast teams going out and, and, and even, even for the West coast teams coming, you know, coming East, I imagine they're going to have to do the same thing where you're going to have, you know, Edmonton's playing Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, and back, back, you know, back to back road games. Um, yeah, so definitely, uh, unless they decide to do something, I didn't hear anything about a central location like a hub or anything like that. No, I don't think they uh, So I, I think they will be, uh, you know, crossing the northern plains uh, quite a few times. They might be flying free for the rest of their lives with all those frequent flyer miles. But another uh, frequent flyer mile division. That would be the uh, West division. Um, they got teams in uh, St. Louis with the Blues, Vegas with the Knights, the Minnesota Wild, the San Jose Sharks, the Ducks, the Coyotes, the Avalanche, the Kings. Just another, I mean, really, it's just St. Louis that's kind of a ways away. I mean, they're, they're not they're not so far east and it's not too crazy, but uh, lots of miles to, to get to St. Louis for some of those other teams and Minnesota, um, obviously. But uh, it, it's all right for those California teams and the Knights. Um, that's that's not too bad. Um, but it's a, it's another division that, that's a that's a lot of traveling, but uh, not yeah. as ba- clearly not as bad as the Canadian division. And, and this is going to be a brutal. I mean, just a brutal conference overall. You're talking. The Avalanche, the Golden Knights, and the Blues, three of the top teams in the NHL, you know, that doesn't leave much for some of the other, you know, Dallas. Is Dallas in that or Dallas is in the Central? Dallas is in the Central. Okay. Which is very weird. You have three of the top teams in the NHL all in the same division battling it out for, you know, up to to eight games um, in the season. That'll be a fun – division to watch so all the games will be inner division so there'll be no crossing divisions in this nhl season so the canadian teams will only play the canadian teams the west will only play uh the west so it'll it should make for some interesting hockey throughout the season yeah craziness um and let's get into the the central division now uh which uh is is sort of kind of a surprise you got the carolina hurricanes who are actually um, in the east, they're in the central, but you got the Hurricanes, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Stars, the Wings, Panthers, Predators, and Lightning. Um, again, uh, it's it's a pretty decent division. Uh, I think that's uh, classed by by the Lightning for sure in that one. Uh, we'll talk about the the NHL odds. You'll see why I'm saying that. Uh, but another decent division. Um, and again, going from Detroit all the way down to down to Tampa Bay. Nice, nice flyer miles on this one as well. Uh, but it's a, that that looks like a fun, fun division. I mean, you got you got two teams that usually are in the West with the Preds and the Wings and well, the Wings are now in the East. But East. Um, it's uh, the Blackhawks. I think the Black, are Blackhawks in the East or in the West, right? And one of the most Eastern cities, Miami, 
and the Florida Panthers are playing in the Central. Seriously, yeah, it's a, it's odd, uh, but but I get why they did that uh, because when we get to the Flyers division now, uh, I, I'm pretty sure everybody's within like 700 miles of each other, a big big nice radius. So it's uh, pretty pretty decent driving miles for all of us Flyers fans if we're able to get out two games. Uh, we can drive up to Boston pretty easily, up I-95. You can go out to Buffalo. That's probably the longest trip uh, out, out of this. I mean, that's that's literally through the, the 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 middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania and all the way up through uh, Central New York. Um, so that that's a that's a fun trip. You got the Jersey Devils, just just a two hour ride. You got the Islanders again, a two and a half hour ride. Rangers, two and a half hour ride. You got the Flyers. Five minute ride for most, most of our listening base. I uh, got the Penguins, a nice four hour ride out west. The Capitals, uh, another two and a half, three hour ride uh, down to down to uh, Washington. So cool division. Uh, I'm excited for this division. This is probably one of the best divisions in hockey, though, and this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, I I, I think this is. Uh... I was kind of hoping the Flyers got moved to the Central, to be honest. Seriously. But um, yeah, this will be a this will be a tough division if you think about it. Uh, obviously, the Flyers last year lost to the Islanders in the playoffs, so they're going to face the Islanders eight times yep. uh, in this season. You have the Caps, who are you know only two years removed uh, from their Stanley Cup. Boston is a strong team, you know. Rangers and Devils are up and coming, and then you have the Penguins, which you know uh, I think were remains to be seen uh, what that Penguins team is. If you know, obviously was a little bit of a struggle uh, last year and, and had an early exit in the playoffs. Well, they, they were the five, if I remember right, so they weren't too far off from you know the kind of the the top of of the Eastern Conference last yeah. year. So still a very formidable. Uh, division and you know uh, the way that you're hearing the NHL or talking about some of these games there's going to be you know home and homes or back-to-backs or almost like mini playoff series where the the teams are going to be playing three to four games against one opponent almost like a mini series just so they can uh, restrict travel so that's gonna that's gonna you know breed a lot of uh Hatred between the teams, which, you know, it'll feel like playoff hockey all throughout the regular season, which, uh, you know, is awesome. And I think we're all all looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's literally going to be 56 games of playoff hockey. I mean, that, that's really how it's going to be. Um, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, especially for the Flyers. I mean, they're they're fifth in the NHL in odds to win the Stanley Cup at plus 1,600. Um, so 16 to one odds, uh, in front of them, you got the Bruins who are in their own division at, at plus 1100, 11 to one odds. Uh, then you got the lightning who, who are thankfully in the uh, central, uh, they, they are eight to one odds plus 800. Uh, then you got the, another tough division that, that, that West division with the avalanche and the Knights basically neck and neck at avalanche are, are leading the NHL in odds at plus 750 and then you got the golden knights at, at plus 800 uh so it's a uh it's a crazy division for the flyers let's just go through the flyers division real quick so you got the bruins 11 plus 1100 flyers plus 1600 
tied with the Maple Leafs, who are obviously in that uh, North division. And they're also tied with the Capitals, who are plus 1,600. Um, and then you got the Penguins coming in at plus 1,800. And you got the Islanders coming in at plus 2,000. Um, and then everybody else is kind of kind of down from there. Um, where are – yeah, the Devils are all the way down by the uh, plus 5,000 mark. So crazy, crazy, crazy division the Flyers are in. Um Basically, everybody's a top 15 Stanley Cup contender except the Devils. So it's a, uh, um, that's going to be kind of, kind of formidable for the Flyers yeah. this season. So the way it'll work for the playoffs is I think four teams from each of those divisions will m- end up making the playoffs. Uh, I believe they will play the first two rounds in their own division. Mm hmm. Uh, and then I don't know how they're going to do it with the Canadian division, whether that's going to be the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, how they're going to play it out with the matchups for the semifinals. I think the one cool thing, I guess, is it guarantees a Canadian team will make it to the semifinals yeah. uh, for the Stanley Cup, you know, the way it's structured. Uh, but, you know, only four teams from each division will make it. And I think you can argue that, you know, if, if you think about the traditional East, a lot of the talent is in this Eastern division that the Flyers will play in. If you had to take the four teams, Mike, that will come out of this Eastern division for the playoffs, where's your head at right now with those four teams? So I'll probably go with uh, the Bruins, the Flyers, the Islanders, and the uh, Penguins. That, that, would be, that would be my guess uh, right now. Um, Maybe you can interchange the, the Rangers and the Penguins, maybe. Um, it, it, it's going to be close. I mean, the, these teams could be the, – the, all of these teams could be within 10 points of each other come the 50th game of the season. It's going to be absolute – it's going to be a dogfight all, all season. It, it's and, and I think the one team you're leaving out is the Washington Capitals. I, the, this whole – Division can make the, the, the playoffs, but I, I don't know. It's going to be crazy. I mean, the Capitals have a new goalie now, so so I, I don't know how that's going to play. Um, but but we, sh- we shall see. I mean, it, it's going to be nuts, this division. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's the Penguins that, that don't make it, but, I mean, just like last year, maybe it's the, the Islanders that, that somehow don't make it. There, there's going to be teams out of the playoffs in, in this division that that are that are like I said top 15 Stanley Cup contenders at this point and, and they're going to miss the playoffs craziness is what that is absolute craziness but you're fully convinced the Flyers are not going to be one of those teams missing out you think nope. the Flyers will advance through this division I actually think the Flyers are the best team in this division right now okay. at this point uh, they have the best goalie. Um, my better whole than, thing better better than Tuca at this point. Well, we have no idea what Tuca's going to do. He might even opt out. I mean, we we don't know where his head's going to be. It's not a knock on him. He is family first, which is that's fine. That that's how you should be. Uh, he had to opt out of the playoffs last year because he just couldn't take it. The starter got sick. All this stuff. Um, so I I can see him doing the same thing this year. So. Me saying the Bruins make the playoffs is really contingent on 
Pachuca playing. That, that's that's my that's my whole take on the Bruins. The Flyers have the best goalie, Carter Hart. Best goalie, the youngest goalie. Um, but they also have a secret weapon coming back this year, Tom. And that's none other than Nolan Patrick, the Flyers' leading goal scorer for the 2021 season. That's a bold take. There you go. I, I knew you'd been waiting for it. I, I teased it before we got on. I think Nolan Patrick will be leading the Flyers in goals uh, by the end of the year. Uh, Alain Vigneault even went as far as to say this is Nolan Patrick's revenge tour. So uh, he, he must be looking good out there in, in, in scrimmages and practices right now. So I am very, very much looking forward to seeing big number 19 back out there, banging some bodies, putting some pucks in the back of the net and taking names and stomping on hard while skating through hearts. <laughs> I guess you can stomp on it on a skate, whatever, whatever you want to do. It's still barbaric either way. Um, so, yep, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my big take this year is Nolan Patrick will be leading the flyers in goal scoring. I'm going to say he's going to score 26 goals this year. All right. You heard it here on a couch in Delco. Hey, we had the Eagle saints win from two weeks ago. So, uh, you know, you never know, you know, it, it could, it could come. I, I think it has been impressive what you've seen. I know he's had some, some scrimmages where it wasn't affiliated with the flyers where, you know, he was kind of almost playing pickup hockey uh, and, and, you know, some videos have been released of that and he's looked pretty good. So yeah, could be. And I think, you know, just to add to the Boston, I mean, they're a, you know, they're not a young team to get Zeno Chara. I don't know if he's going to be back uh, either with that team. Two years old. But some of their some of their forwards are up there, and if you're talking about a, you know, kind of a grueling schedule, th- this could be the year that you could see Boston maybe not in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think certainly a talented team, but somebody's going to have to miss out on that division. So I, if I That's had to go, I'd, I'd probably say, you know, no particular order. I'm going to go Flyers, Caps, Islanders, and uh, the the Penguins, and and Boston will be the team that that misses out in the playoffs. All right, I can, I can, I can agree with that. I, I can, I can definitely see that happening. But I will be placing a uh, future bet. Um, this is uh, preempting our bet segment for a, a few minutes from now. Uh, but I will be placing a uh, probably a fifty dollars bet on the Flyers to win the Stanley Cup this year. Um, probably on Fanduel. I'll see what I'll see what their their odds are on Fanduel or DraftKings. And yes, I have been doing DraftKings lately. I've won the most money again on DraftKings again. So. Um, sort of kind of forgiving them for their, uh, for their blunder with the Flyers, uh, first goal being not Jake Voracek, even though Jake Voracek scored the first goal. Uh, so we, we are, uh, back on the DraftKings and back on the, uh, on the, in the green and DraftKings, um, over the last uh, couple weeks. So let's, uh, see where the odds are. Sometimes DraftKings might have them at like plus 1700 or something like that, just, just to kind of get people to go over to their site. So. I'll go and, and see which one is, is better, but it'll probably be a $50 bet for me for the Flyers to win the Stanley Cup. Um, Nolan Patrick won't be anywhere near the MVP race, um, and I don't think there'll be a, a bet for him to score the most goals on the Flyers, so I'll just have to skip out on that. I might just bet him bet him mo- most games to score a goal or something like that, see if I can get my money. Um, that way because he, he will probably be the center on the third line to, to start to uh, start the year and he'll probably move all the way up to the first line by the end of the year 
um, dropping uh, dropping uh, Claude Giroux or Coots, whoever's going in. Whoever you believe is the center on the top line, they, they interchange either way. Um, it doesn't really matter who, who who's up there. Their, their face-off percentages are absolutely astronomical, so they just kind of guess and check who's going to be the, the center of that top line. But I, I can see Nolan Patrick overtaking Claude Giroux and probably dropping him down to the uh, to the second line by the end of the year. We still need to do our Claude Giroux episode. We keep saying this. Um, so We'll do it eventually. We'll do it eventually, everybody. Before but, January 13th, we'll have to do it. There you go. Absolutely. And if I'm looking right quick on DraftKings, Flyers are plus 1,700 on DraftKings, plus 1,400 on FanDuel. So – I had if it pretty much nailed on there. <laughs> so you, if you want to, you might want to head over to DraftKings to, uh, yeah, to place get, that bet. Get your get your extra extra hundred, a couple hundred dollars or whatever, turn extra sixty bucks or whatever it ends up being. So that's uh, yeah, definitely definitely jump on over to DraftKings, put that money down on the Flyers to win the Stanley Cup. Do they have uh, player futures like Vesna winner? Not yet. Right now, they just have uh, for the Hart Trophy and uh, Stanley Cup, at least what I've seen on FanDuel. I'll look at DraftKings right now. DraftKings probably has it. But yeah, that, 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 would be a, that would be another bet I'd put down um, for sure. What's the, so, that's the So which one were you looking for? Vesna. Carter, Carter Hart plus 1,000. Yeah. I might, I might put 50 bucks down on that too. Going big on the Flyers this year. Going big. You are big <laughs> on the Flyers this year. Going, going big on the Flyers this year. I, I might even put um, put some money down on Ivan Provorov to, to win. Uh, what's the best defensive, the, the best defenseman trophy? Jeez. Uh, I can't remember Nars. anything. This, this migraine's killing me at this point. <laughs> The Nars, <laughs> the Nars Trophy. Yeah, I might put a couple bucks. So maybe not fifty, maybe ten bucks. Because I, I don't know what it is. Every best defenseman, um, top ten, top twenty, whatever, whatever the list was, he was left off it each time. <laughs> he was better than literally ten of the people on that uh, list. So we, we shall see. I'll see what his uh, what his odds are if that's up there, but. Those are my two for sure bets. Carter Hart, Vesna, um, Flyers win the uh, Stanley Cup. I will be not not saying they're a stone cold mortar lock. I will be putting my faith and money in my team um, with those two bets. So the uh, Provorov has the twenty seventh best odds on the Norris Trophy at plus forty five hundred. I will be putting some money down on that for sure. Whether it be ten bucks, twenty bucks, fifty, might go all out. Two hundred dollars on the Flyers for, for most improved player, Nolan Patrick. We'll do all. We'll do it all. That's 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 how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna look at it this year for the Flyers. Is this where we need to do the tagline? Please bet responsibly. Yeah, please bet responsibly. Call one eight hundred Gambler if you have a problem. <laughs> there you go. All that stuff. But all right. That, not much on the on the Sixers. I know they had their preseason. Some podcasts will go in depth on Sixers preseason, but we won't hear. You want to go right into our betting segment, then, Mike? Yeah, for sure. Oh, 
love the start of this song, you know? It, it really, it really gets me in the mood to uh, pop open both Vandal, pop, pop open some, some DraftKings, pop open Fox Bet, whatever the hell you want to open up, open it up. Get yourself some money this week. Um, like I said last week, I was in the green. Uh, I didn't do much betting. I probably only bet about $50. I, I came out with a nice – FanDuel had a uh, – it was an odds boost. Like a, if, if you bet $25 or, or if you put $25 – I forget how the hell you got the boost. But I think all you had to do was opt in, and then, then they gave you the boost. I think that might have been what it is. Uh, but I got a plus 50% boost on it. So I, I went all in, um, all, all 25 bucks that, that I had in DraftKings. Um, actually, I'll tell you a story, Tom. And I already told all you right. this. I went on DraftKings and, and I, I was just like, like clicking around. So I clicked on the casino for whatever friggin' reason. I don't know why I clicked on it. I never put money in. Um, in on uh, DraftKings Casino. And for some reason, I had $25 sitting there. I was like, oh, I probably hit opt-in for some kind of stuff. I, I don't know what. And when I put my deposit in for the, the uh, sports book, they put $25, they matched it, and they put it in the casino. It's probably been sitting there for months. So I'm like, well, it's in there. I might as well do it. Long story short, I hit one hundred and eighteen dollars and fifty cents. So that's oh, nice. what I used. That 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 wasn't too bad. Um, so I took that money out. I actually took whatever it is to to have twenty five dollars left in there. Um, so then I did a twenty five dollar uh, parlay, or might have been ten dollars. Uh, let me let me get to where where I won. It was a twenty three dollar and eighty seven cent parlay. Don't ask me why. That that's that that's what I had in there. So that's what I bet. And I won. I won $102.94. I had the Ravens to win, Colts to win, Seahawks, Bucks, and Titans all to win. The Bucks, I was I was uh, clinching cheeks on that one because I, I thought they were going to lose. Uh, but then I also went on and I did a, a $20 bet on the Eagles to, uh, to run the ball on the first play of their second drive. And they did. So that, that was a plus 100. So I won 40 bucks on that. So I cashed out $142.94 on DraftKings. I won absolutely jack squat on FanDuel. Um, so I, I got lucky with, with all of my winnings on DraftKings. Um, so it was, it was a pretty, pretty decent, uh, decent day uh, for, for Mike on DraftKings. Not so much on FanDuel. How was your weekend, Tom? Yeah. So last weekend, I know when we last did the podcast, we had a couple picks. I, uh, Ended up ahead that week with the Eagles beating uh, the Saints. And then, I, you know, if you remember two weeks back, I had, you know, the over on that uh, Indianapolis Colts Raiders game. But uh, last week I didn't do too much. I, I didn't like the, the lines too much last week. But I have a few good bets for this week that I think our listeners are going to uh, really like and uh, win some money with. Sweet. You want to go first? Do you want me to to give you my uh, picks of the week for the NFL? Well, you go ahead. All right. So, my picks, my 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 stone cold mortal lock for this week um, is the Rams to beat the Seahawks. Uh, I'm going straight up money line plus one hundred six on that one. Everybody listening to the, listening to this podcast probably knows that they just lost to the Jets. 
Well, they are going, they are probably in the midst of the best practice week that team, those players will ever have in their entire careers because <laughs> they're the team that the Jets beat. Um, they will come out. They will beat the Seahawks. Uh, I have no idea what the score will be, but they will definitely beat the Seahawks um, this week. My other pick, obviously, is the Eagles to win. Um, and then my other pick will be, uh, well, I, I don't know what it is yet, but it's whatever the over yards for Derrick Henry is, plus him to score a touchdown. That's that's my four picks uh, for the NFL uh, this week. Uh, are there are there any prem? There has to be prem games, right? Uh, EPL. Who we play? Who's City playing? Who we? City's playing Newcastle minus eight fifty. So I'm going to throw that in there as well um, as my pick. Uh, any other cool games? What the heck is that? Sheffield United playing Everton. So have you ever seen that before? That's craziness. But um, no. That's that's are nice. they in the uh is that the uh FA Cup? No, I don't know why it says that. That's a EPL game. It just says Everton SO. All lowercase letters too, no capital letters. That's odd. Here. Can you see that? It's uh yeah. the one the one right on right on top. Oh, it's too bright, isn't it? That's really bright. But yeah, that's uh that's kind of odd. So I got City to win. Um, that's probably all I'll touch on on the Prem. They're minus eight fifty, so that's a, that's a stone cold mortar lock. Then I got the Eagles to to uh, to win. I have my other stone cold mortar lock is the Rams to beat the Seahawks, uh, and then I got Derrick Henry over his yards and to score a touchdown. I don't know what those odds will be though until they come out tomorrow or Friday. How you like that? I, that, that's some good action there. I do like it. I might all do right. it all as a as like a as a, like a parlay with a, a mixed mixed uh, mixed sport parlay. Yeah, you could. That would work. Probably get some. I know more. sometimes sometimes FanDuel and DraftKings get a little bit weird when you try to add things from the same game, but doing yeah. the uh... sometimes they get weird when you try to add the same type of bet in different games because it counts it as for some reason. I put a bet in a couple weeks ago. It was like a $5 bet that would win like 14 grand or something like that. But FanDuel voided the bet because it was telling me there was picks from the same game when there wasn't. It was just a – it was a couple uh, like Eagles to win one to three points or one to six points. Uh, Cowboys lose one to six points. It was bets like that. So it was it was kind of weird how it was uh, counting them as, as the same game. So, yeah, it's oh, – it's interesting. You got to like keep doing it and then eventually it lets you do it. <laughs> There's there you that. Go. All right. So you ready for my picks for this week, Mark? I'm, I'm going a little bit over the map a little bit here. Right. I will start off with the one that I'm doing from, uh, we talked about the Eagles earlier. You look on FanDuel, they have the parlay Eagles minus one and a half and the over 49 and a half. Uh, that's plus two forty. So I'm going to, you know, uh, throw a little bit of money on that. My pick, for this week, and I'm, I'm close to lock territory uh, with you, Mike, on this game. I have the Washington Redskins minus two and a half against the Carolina Panthers. So I know there's a whole bunch of drama with Haskins. He's going to the, the club, making it rain with no mask on. There's a lot of drama there. Alex Smith, I think, will be back. But you have 
Ron Rivera coaching against his old team. I think you are seeing a, a Washington team that is uh, coming together a little bit more. The chemistry is starting to gel there. That's why I'm not as worried about the Eagles winning this Dallas game because I think if Washington ends up beating the Carolina Panthers here, they end up uh, eliminating the Eagles uh, from NFC uh, East considerations. So I'm, I'm big on this game, Mike, and it's less than three points. Uh, so you have, I, I think, the uh, Redskins minus two and a half against the Carolina Panthers as pretty much my NFL pick of the week. And then on the teasers, I like your game with the Rams as well. I actually took the Rams. They were plus one and a half. I teased them up to plus seven and a half in my two-team teaser, and I'm teasing the Bears down to minus one and a half. The Bears have looked a little bit better uh, in, in recent weeks, and they're going against the Jaguars team that now that they uh, smell that first pick uh, with them, I, I think they are uh, kind of just trying to finish out the season. So I think the Bears are going to win that game. So I'll parlay that with the Rams getting seven and a half points as part of my two-team uh, teaser parlay uh, this week. Going over to DraftKings, they have a promotion for tonight's Sixers uh, game. It's even money, plus 100, if Joel Embiid scores over 7.5 points. So he looks healthy, ready to go for the start of the season. I think it's all but a given that Joel Embiid ends up with over 7.5. So even money, I think the max bet you can do is $25. I threw all 25 on that bet for Joel Embiid over seven and a half points in tonight's Sixers game. I think the over under just on a regular line is like 25 and a half points uh, in this game. Then I just put that same bet in. I thought it was $50. So I put $50 back in the DraftKings. So I got another 25 to play for the weekend now. (laughs) There you go. And then my final bet, Mike, I know, Uh, One of our Christmas traditions is Christmas Eve, getting the family together and watching the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. Well, it's not the Hawaii Bowl this year, but Hawaii is playing on Christmas Eve in the – now, you ready for – this is the most 2020 thing ever. It's the New Mexico Bowl that is being played in Texas. Yeah, the game got moved from Albuquerque to Frisco, Texas, just outside of Dallas. And it's the uh, Hawaii Warriors against the Houston, I believe they're the Cougars, right? So here's where I'm going with this game. The the total on the game is like 59 and a half. I'm looking at first half under 30 and a half in this game. Here's the reasons why. Hawaii is going to have to travel from Hawaii all the way to Texas to play this game. Even during the regular season when they're playing the mainland, they're generally not coming that far east uh, for their games. They're usually playing in California, Oregon, kind of, you know, really the west coast of the mainland. Houston, on the other hand, they've played one game in like the last six weeks. Their, Their schedule was torn upside down by COVID cancellations and everything like that. I think they had one game in the month of November uh, and, and that was it, or, you know, and, and are now coming up with a, with a bowl game. They also have some players that have opted out a few defensive players. And then one wide receiver that have opted out of this game to prepare for uh, the NFL draft. So what do I think? I think this is going to be an absolute mess come the first half of this game. 
The first half over under is about the same line as the total for the game. But I think these teams are going to come out struggling at first. It's going to be like a 7 a.m., 8 a.m. game for a Hawaii team. So their biological clocks are just not going to be adjusted. I'm going under first half. And I'll watch the game on Christmas Eve, see how the rest of the game plays out. Maybe I'll do a little bit of live action for the second half. But Houston, Hawaii, first half under. I like it, Tom. I'll miss watching that game. That was literally the only thing on every Christmas Eve. So I, I will I will be watching that game on Christmas Eve. because Sitting back on a couch in Delco, watching a little bit of Hawaii Bowl. This year it's the New Mexico Bowl in Texas. But that's 2024, everybody. I like it. Awesome. I like the bets this week. Um, I, I, I did see that Joel Embed. Uh, embed. No, now we got the Joel Embed. Joel Embed. I like Jesus, it. Jesus, God. That's awesome. But I did see that bet, so I did put that one in. And I did put my uh, my my Rams, Eagles, City, and I also threw in Liverpool and Leeds all to win um, in the EPL in a, in a five-leg, two types of football parlay uh, this weekend. It, it was a plus, plus uh, 6.09 or 6.90. Uh, so about a $200 win for a $25 bet on that one on DraftKings. So not too bad. Uh, I, I, I like it. And I got my jaw and bead bet. So no matter what, I'm breaking even this weekend, Tom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Unless I want that. No, we're not even going to talk about it. It's all right. <laughs> I, I was going to say bad <laughs> things can happen. We will leave that alone. All right. We ready for our last and probably our, my favorite still, I guess, segment of the week. I'm not the type to work in a bank. I'm no good slapping on paint. Don't have a knack for making motors crank, no. But I'm pretty good at drinking beer. I'm, we're, we're damn good at drinking beer, Tom. Except that That's one right. time that, again, we won't talk about I, I do have to say though, you had that clip up on the on the Zoom for you know quite a few minutes, and it was frozen on whoever the girl is in that. Yeah, music. I know. <laughs> it's absolutely phenomenal. My word. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't plan it like that, but it just happened, so it that's where it stayed. We will go exactly at that part of the song every episode of the podcast for sure, Tom. Now you said you had a story with your beer today. So I think you should have the honors. There you go. All right. I will go first. So Mike, this weekend had the opportunity to uh, get down to Cape May, enjoy some of their uh, Christmas uh, festivities and stopped at a place, grabbed a beer. You know, they, they went through the list and they said, we have a chocolate ice cream stout that they're pouring. I was like, I'll give it a try. Like, so I get it. It's really good. I'm like, all right, this is, you know, really nice hints of chocolate, a little bit of cinnamon. You almost have like a, like a, almost like a strawberry. I, I, I thought I tasted in it. So I go to the bartenders. I'm like, Hey, you know, this is, this is really good. Who, who makes it? Ah, oh, Sam Adams. I'm like, Oh, all right. So I'm going around, you know, I'm in the untapped app trying to find it. So this way I can rate it. I don't see any Sam Adams, uh, ice cream stout, chocolate ice cream stout in there. Uh, looking for it, can't find it. I make my way over to the craft beer store over in Springfield yesterday. You know, the owner is there. 
So I'm talking to him about it and I go, Hey, you know, if you heard of Sam Adams putting out a chocolate ice cream stout, I, I feel, I feel like I had one uh, down in uh, Cape May. And it was just, you know, it was really good. He's like, Sam Adams just doesn't do stuff like that anymore. They're, they're too big. He's like, you, it probably wasn't Sam Adams. He's like, why don't you go try the flying fish fried ice cream stout? He's like, that's been out for about a month now. Um, you know, very similar in, in kind of the ice cream stout. Picked up a four pack from the craft beer store. That was it. So flying fish fried ice cream stout. Great flavor. You do taste the, the chocolate with a little bit of the, you know, vanilla. I still taste a little bit of strawberry in it, but there's nowhere in the can. I'm thinking like a kind of a melted Neapolitan uh, flavor it has going on for it. But flying fish out of New Jersey. So it makes sense that, uh, you know, a place down in Cape May would have that on tap. Fried ice cream stout. You can pick it up at the craft beer store uh, over in Springfield. I'll give it a four out of, uh, out of five on untapped. You know me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a stout. I, st- I still say the, the, the best beer that when you went up to Treehouse and brought back and we did our, our beer exchange was their stout. Uh, I, I absolutely loved that beer. It was so good. It was so good that the only other stout I've had, which is a different type of stout, is the Wawa coffee stout. I mean, <laughs> that's the only other stout that I could drink. Um, that, that can even come close to, to how much I like that uh, Treehouse Stout. Um, but that, that's not my beer this week. Um, I don't have a stout this week, but my beer is a, I don't know if it's new for the 2020 season. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it is because it's another hazy IPA, but this time it's a hazy triple IPA. So packs a nice little punch doesn't really drink like a triple. Um, it drinks more like a, like a light, like a, like a double really. I mean, it, it's, it's a drinkable beer. That's 11 and a half percent. So good luck. If you have more than one a night, hopefully you're staying home and sitting on a couch in Delco, but it's a new trail, a new trail brewing company. Um, it is their mountain. Um, it, it is called it's their, it seems to be a series. It looks like the summer triple hazy was called Forest. Um, so I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I also had New Trails uh, Snow Tracks as well. That's, a, that's just a regular hazy IPA. That was also delicious. Loved both of them. Um, they're at the uh, Springfield Beverage. Not, uh, they're probably at the craft beer store as well in Springfield. Um, but I, I went to the Springfield Beverage, um, which is right next to the Best Buy, in between Best Buy and, and Swiss Farms. Um, so both of those beers, new trail, um, new beers, new releases for, for the winter. Uh, very good, very, very enjoyable beers. Uh, I like them both. Excellent. I'll have to check out some new trail then. That sounds, uh, yep. sounds pretty good. It's, uh, I mean, it's a northern Pennsylvania company. I don't know where it's from, but it's... Uh, I forget the name of the town, but it's up north somewhere. So, so it's pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. But, Tom, I have a story for you. Are you ready for this? Yeah, we let's have barbecue it. news this week. We do have barbecue news. Go for it. So, so about two, I think it was two days actually after the snow uh, came down uh, last week. Um, so, I went out back. I said, you know, I'm going to smoke some ribs. 
So I went out there, I stepped on the snow. It was nice, nice. It was nice and nice and soft. I didn't have to worry about nothing. Went back up, still nice and soft. Came back out with the ribs, fell right on my ass. <laughs> Which went straight down the steps out back. Uh, got, got a nice little bruise on this elbow, on this elbow, and on my ass cheek as well. So it was, uh, it was a nice adventure. Still got to smoke the ribs. They were pretty good. Um, I was going to say, how were the ribs? They were good. I'm still trying to perfect uh, the, um, uh, not the baby back ribs, the other ribs. Like a spare rib or? Spare ribs, yeah. Okay. I can't think of anything with this migraine. I've almost thrown up three times, if you guys want to (laughs) know, from talking with this migraine. It's absolutely terrible um, today, but... um, that's not the best story that happened with barbecue this week, Tom. You ready for this one? All right, you got it. I caught the trigger on fire yesterday. How'd you do that? I have no freaking clue. You cleaned it out? I did clean it out, but I was cooking ri- I was cooking ribs. I was cooking wings on it, right? So I'm guessing when I pumped it up to to 350 or 375 that there was drippings that that went off of the uh like uh, the fat that was in the, in the skin i guess it h- however it did it it didn't go down to where it drains and it dripped under where the firebox was so the whole the whole dripping tray was literally on fire when i went out there it was it was a crazy crazy time but nothing no damage no nothing i went in cleaned it wiped it all out scrubbed it down with the uh, with the the wire brush, the uh, the Brillo pad, uh, and everything came out all hunky dory. But that that was an interesting day, yesterday. I've never seen that before. And I've cooked wings on it probably forty times since I got it. First time yeah. that's ever happened. And hey, sometimes you know things just don't happen the way they want them. That's why it's always important, you know, stay close to it and and get yeah. ready. Yeah, I, I noticed a lot of smoke coming out of it. I was like, well, that usually don't happen. But, uh, yeah, everything was all good. The wings were still good. I, the, the fire went out. But I, I lost a couple wings when I poured the, I poured the water on it. Um, but it but it took the fire right out. And wings were still good, still tasty. But it happens. Nice. Anything else you got lined up for, for grilling? Yeah, for so – Tomorrow, I don't know if I'm going to do this tomorrow or on Christmas Day. I bought my, my mother-in-law bought us a, a, a full filet mignon, filet mignon. How did the guy say it in the the movie? I think that's how he said it. The the Joanna Man, the basketball movie where the guy plays the girl. No, I don't remember, man. It was it was hilarious. That was that was a good movie, but I think he called filet mignon. I think that's what he called it. Uh, but we got the whole loin, uh, so I'm gonna. I'm going to chop them up and, and wrap them in bacon and smoke for reverse serum, basically. Um, nice. That's, that's my plan. That's my plan for, for Christmas day or Christmas day. I don't know if it's going to be t- uh, tomorrow or, or Friday. We shall see how I feel is, is how I'll, how I'll do it. If I feel there like steak tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow. Excellent. I'm going to be heading out at 12 noon. I got to get, we have a 17 uh, pound, prime rib with the bones going to do a little herb crust get that on the smoker i'm going to take the bones make an au jus uh with the bones but then going to smoke and and probably do a little bit of reverse sear on a prime rib 
uh, tomorrow for Christmas Eve. So 17 pounds, probably going to take about six hours. So I'm going to start at noon, getting a thing uh, rubbed and get the herb crust on it. Uh, and then should be ready to go for a good um, Christmas Eve dinner. Also going to try and smoke a ham uh, for Christmas Eve, working on a nice maple glaze that uh, kind of double smoke, right? A ham already cooked. So, but I'm going to try and uh, double smoke it and get some of the smoke flavor into the ham with a nice uh, maple glaze for uh, tomorrow. So uh, I do meats. I don't do sides. So we'll leave the sides up to everybody else, but uh, going to, Hopefully a, a nice herb crusted uh, prime rib and then nice ham for Christmas Eve tomorrow. Like it. I actually, uh, your your mother in law gave me uh, gave us a ham, so I, I might do that too. Why why the hell not? There you go. I see a lot of like um, a lot of glazes that have like orange like orange and and um, and like Coke, and you yeah. you do you do the glaze with that. I might might try that out. See see how that works. Yeah, and the ham's already cooked, so you really just have to get it up to temperature. So if, if you have, you know, get the, you know, get your smoker nice and smoky so this way, because you're only going to have it on there for a few hours. Get a lot of smoke in there so it seeps in. When you get to about, I think internal temperature on a ham is about 140, 145. Yeah. Uh, for, for, it's already cooked, so you're really just trying to do it at a serving temperature. Once you're about 5 to 10 degrees shy of that, hit it with the glaze. Should come out perfect. Yeah, definitely, definitely give it a go. For sure. I think that's it. I don't know if I, I think that's in. it for for you us. I, I, might do, I might do a smoked mac and cheese or something. Oh, there that's you go. I don't, I don't know how the hell I'll do that, but we'll see how that works. We'll definitely have to see how these go on the next episode. Yep. So, uh, as always, don't forget to check us out. Leave that five-star review on, on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and, and then don't forget to check us out on social media. We have the Facebook page, On a Couch and Delco. We have uh, Twitter, at On Delco. Definitely engage with us. Hopefully we have some big uh, Phillies news with JT signing, or at least we're, we're kicking off the uh, Sixer season and uh, getting ready for Sunday for its Cowboys. So for – Mike, myself, have a great holiday, and we'll catch you soon. And as always, go Birds. Go Birds.